Good to be with you. Uh, let me welcome you again, If uh, especially if you're new, if it's your first time. It's great to see you. Um, I know every week we've been having people, and it's their first time here, which is maybe a little bit of a, a strange time to check out church, but we're uh, glad that you're here, whether online for the first time or here in person, and uh, we're thankful that you are joining us today. And uh, it's it's hot, you know, but it's, it's all right. We're going we're gonna to worship God together, and we're going to learn from God together, and we're going to be here together. And, and if you are new, um, Sundays is the main thing we are doing right now, but you can still get connected to a community group, and our groups are kind of meeting a mix of online and in person, and we would love to help you do that. We don't have a lot of other stuff going on right now, but Sundays, uh, it's a great time to, to connect with folks, and then uh, you can join a community group. And so we want to help you do that, and we still believe that God is is working and God is active even in the middle of all of this stuff. So th- that is what uh, I just want you to know that and we, we really do want to help you begin to build relationships in that way and that's true if you're online or here in person. Um, and then last thing I want to tell you, you might uh, be coveting right now as you look around and see some people with shade tents or umbrellas and I just want to encourage you to go to REI and for every uh, purchase made, I get a kickback. No, not really. But if you go somewhere, you know, get a get an umbrella, get a shade tent, bring it out. We're going to be here at least through the month of August. And uh, so if you, maybe you're just trying to get tan, that's all good too. Just bring sunscreen or bring an umbrella. Bring one of those two and, um, and everything should be good. Okay? Would you join me in prayer as we ask God to speak to us today? And whether you're on, online, at home, or here, let's just invite God to speak to our hearts. Take a moment, even before I pray, and just say your own prayer to God, asking God to ready your heart, prepare you, speak to you. Father, thank you for this time that we have here. Thank you that we can gather and worship you. Thank you that uh, despite everything going on, you are present, you are here, you are with us. You're here right now. And you know each of our names. You know each of the concerns that are on our hearts. You know each of the needs that we have. You know each of the problems we have, the distractions we have. God, you you know. And we ask that you would speak to us today. We want to hear from you. We don't want to, uh, you know, I I know, God, that the people here today don't believe that this time is wasted. We don't come out in the middle of a hot parking lot for nothing. We believe that we can actually meet with you and we can actually respond to you. And so we are want, We know that that's what you say you will do, but even as we've been reading in the Psalms, we ask you to be who you say that you are. We ask you to be for us today who you say that you are. We ask you to be the God that is present, the God that speaks, the God that comforts, that convicts, that helps, that leads, that guides. We ask you to be the God that you have told us that you are. Lord, we also just pray for our world and for our city specifically as we're still in the middle of this pandemic and wrestling with these things, we ask that you would allow a vaccine to come quickly. We ask that you would give our government wisdom and our leaders wisdom in decisions that they're making 
uh, with policies and and opening and reopening and closing and opening and reopening and all these things, we ask that you would give wisdom. God, I pray also just specifically for teachers as school is coming soon and I know that some of the teachers are anxious, some of the teachers are just wondering what that's going to look like and will they be safe and all of that. I pray that you would give the districts, the school districts, wisdom. I pray that you would give our teachers peace and confidence in you. I pray that you would lead the decision-making process that our superintendents and various uh, areas around here, God, the various counties are trying to make those decisions. I pray for wisdom, God. So we submit all of this to you, and we ask that you would bless this time in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Uh, we have been going through a series in the Psalms. If you've been with us, if you haven't been with us, uh, you can go back and listen to them online. And everything, uh, even though we've lost kind of the last few live streams, and for those of you um, listening online as well, we've lost the last few live streams. The podcast is still there, so if you want to catch up on that, you can get all of that. Um, and we've been going through the Psalms talking about what it means to really connect with God, which is the greatest need of our life, whether that's in thanksgiving or in remembrance, in all of the different areas of life we want to be able to connect with God. And when this series is done, which we have one more week in this series, when this is done, we will uh, start a series in Proverbs, which I'm looking forward to thinking about the wisdom that God has practically in so many areas in our life. Today... Uh, we are going to do something a little different, or maybe a lot different. We're going to look at Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, so we're going to be here for two hours. Um, no, it's the longest chapter in the Bible, and it's, uh, it's 180 verses, and I'm mainly just going to read that psalm, and I'm going to uh, give a dramatic reading of it, I guess, in the sense that I'll make some comments along the way, but mainly we're just going to read that psalm together today, and it's, it's, a, it's a long psalm. Um, and and I, I wanted to do that because it is one of the most powerful uh, chapter. It's the longest chapter, but one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible, and yet because it's so long, you've probably never heard a sermon that covers the whole thing. Um, maybe a very rare kind of thing to actually be able to let God's word do most of the actual speaking in a sermon. So that's what we're going to do today. And, and as we do that, let me just kind of preface it as we, as we get into it. Really what this psalm is about is we love, I think most of us, we, we love talking to experts about things where we feel that we need help. And, and that might be a financial planner if you feel you need help with your retirement and kind of uh, long-term planning. That might be um, a therapist or a counselor of some sort if you feel that you, you need help in that way. That might be your, your mother or your father that you feel is a, a good listening ear and always has wise things to say that, that, that you feel like, man, I, I just love talking to my mom or my dad about things. That, that may be a teacher, a life coach. Maybe some of you have paid life coaches and people along along that lines before but we we love to talk to experts when we f maybe it's just a youtube video maybe maybe it's just a youtube video of someone uh, you're trying to do some home improvements or something but what we love to talk to experts because we believe that if we can get their wisdom and their word inside of us then we change also. It doesn't mean that we become then an expert, but, but we know if this person has some wisdom, if this person is an expert about something, and I let their word get inside of me, then I will be different. 
my life will be changed for the better in the ways that I need and want it to be, whatever that is for you right now. And what if, what if God's word really got inside of us? What would happen? Now, if you're a Christian, obviously you know that that's an important thing. And if you're not a Christian, you're at least interested in investigating what would happen if God spoke into my life. But, but what would happen if not just an expert on some particular subject, but what if the God of the universe, what if the creator, what if the one that is himself life, what if his word were to get inside of us, what would happen? What change would get created? And really, that's what Psalm 119 is doing. Psalm 119, and there are psalms like it, which is in a category of psalms celebrating God's law or God's word. Those psalms are intended to to move our hearts to want God's word inside of us. And the, the little phrase, again, I'm not very impressed by this one. Last week was kind of a seven and a half. This has dropped down to a five and a half, but I'm sorry. Um, this is my phrase for this that can maybe help us remember, but what it does is it takes word, as in the Bible, it takes word meditation and moves that to become worship motivation. So it takes word meditation, the Psalms that are in this category, take word meditation and move us to worship motivation. I'm getting a clap from my wife, so there's a, I'll, I'll accept that, you know. But she is my wife, so it's a little biased. And as we go through this, here's what I want you to notice. I want you to notice five things, and, and I'm, I'm just kind of giving this to you up front because most of the time I'm just going to be reading and making some comments here and there. But I want you to notice five things that it really wants us to see about God's Word and how that leads to worship motivation. And and here's kind of five things. I want you to see the effects that it says. So it's going to over and over again say, here's what will happen if God's word gets inside of you. Here's the effects of what can happen. So I want you to listen to, and, and the way Psalm 119 works, by the way, it's an acrostic poem. So every, the beginning of each stanza begins with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and then the beginning of that stanza, the first line begins with the letter of the, the same corresponding letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's, it's very organized, and the way it functions is to just try to lay up cumulative evidence or weight. It's just kind of stacking on top, one after the other, of here's what God's word can do. Here's what can happen. So I want you to listen to the effects, and I want you to listen to the posture that is needed to receive these effects? What's the posture? What's the heart posture, the attitude posture that we need to receive this? I want you to listen to that posture. And then I want you to listen to the actions that he says. Things like, I meditate, or I listen, or I follow. Listen to the actions that he says that he does with God's word. And listen to the asks the things that he asks God, he prays, God, would you open my eyes? Would you move my heart? Listen to the various requests that he has around God's word. And then finally, listen to the distractions or temptations that could get in the way of allowing God's voice to get into our heart. So we're going to read Psalm 119, asking that word meditation would move us to worship motivation. And worship doesn't just mean singing. It means our whole life given over to God. Here we go. Psalm 119. 
How happy are those whose way is blameless, who walk according to the Lord's instruction. This really is the purpose statement of the whole thing. To say, how happy are those who let God's word get inside of them? That it's not a drudgery, it's not this obligatory duty. It is how happy if we actually let God's word inside of us and we walk according to that. That is the purpose statement, really, of the psalm. Happy are those who keep his decrees and seek him with all their heart. That our posture when we enter into God's word is to be both heart and action. How happy are those who keep his word and do it with all of their heart. It's not supposed to be something that we just say, okay, fine, I'll obey God's word. But we come saying, God, I want, I want my life and my actions and my heart to be given to you. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. You have commanded that your precepts be diligently kept, not a casual posture. God is inviting us to read and listen to his word, to listen to his voice, and diligently keep what he says. He's inviting us to carefully apply what he says, not a casual posture. If only, I love this, if only my ways were committed to keeping your statutes, then I would not be ashamed when I think about all your commands. I wouldn't hear the stuff that you say. I wouldn't hear the stuff that, that you say in your word and be ashamed. I would actually feel, man, this is great. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous judgments. I will keep your statutes. Never abandon me. How can a young man, many of you are young men. Some of you are getting older. It's all right. How can, we're all getting older. How can a young man keep his way pure? It's a question that many young men have asked. How can I keep my way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Again, notice the posture here. I have sought you with all my heart. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. You, if, if we are not treasuring God's word, what that means is that we are moving then towards sin. And you may not feel like that, but he, he puts those two things together to say, I've treasured your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. Do you treasure God's voice? Listen, this is a great time to just reflect as David is pouring out, here is what God's voice in, in, is to me. Here is what it is in my life. Here's my posture. Here's my actions. Here's the effects. It, it's a great kind of self-reflection time to say, are these statements true of me? Do I treasure God's word? Lord, may you be blessed. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I proclaim all the judgments from your mouth. I rejoice in the way revealed by your decrees as much as in all riches. He says, I rejoice in the ways revealed by your decrees. Do you rejoice in what God says? If you do, it's because you know that God is good and the things that he says to us are good. Sometimes when we hear God's word, we think, okay, I guess I have to do that, or maybe I should do that, but do you rejoice in it? Rejoicing comes when we know he wants my good. That's why he says what he says. Lord, may you be 
blessed. Oh, sorry, I already said that. Verse 15. I will meditate. Listen, listen to this of, of the, the ways he says he interacts with God's word. I will meditate on your precepts and think about your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Those words of meditation and thinking about is to say that I'm considering what you're saying. I really want to know what you say and I'm thinking through the implications of it for my life. I'm thinking through the implications of it for various situations and things that I face. I'm, I'm not just casually, maybe some of you have done a Bible reading plan at some point. You said, I'm going to get through the Bible in a year. And that can be great to sort of read the whole Bible. But the, sometimes the problem with that is it's a very casual reading. It's just more doing it to be like, okay, I'm supposed to read this chapter. Okay, done. And, and it's more of a checkbox thing then I'm I'm meditating because I want to know what you say and how it connects to all my life. Deal generously with your servants so that I might live. Then I will keep your word. Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. This is the posture that we should have any time. Listen, do you ever feel dry when you read the Bible? And I know you do, if some of you do. Many Christians say, man, I, I sit down to read my Bible and, and I just kind of, nothing's happening. Let this be your prayer every time you sit down is to say, open my eyes. See, we, we come to God often blind. We come blind, not seeing correctly. And he says, he has this prayer. This is his posture. This is his request to God before he even reads his word. Open my eyes so that I may contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. Do you want to see wondrous things and it not be dry in any way? Ask God to open your eyes so you see rightly. Maybe some of you are really into a certain kind of music or a certain kind of art. or any, This can be true with anything. And, and you've tried to get friends to like it. And they're just like, eh. And you're like, no, 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 no. You, you. And, and the truth is, sometimes it takes a trained eye to appreciate certain kind of art or a trained ear to appreciate certain kind of music or a trained palate to appreciate certain kinds of wine. And so what David is saying is you might be blind. Open your, ask God to open so that you can actually appreciate what's there. I am a resident alien on earth. Do not hide your commands from me. I am continually overcome with longing for your judgments. You rebuke the arrogant, the ones under a curse who wander from your commands. Take insult and contempt away from me, for I have kept your decrees. Though princes sit together speaking against me, your servant will think about your statutes. Your decrees are my delight and my counselors. God's voice above all. Your decrees are my delight and my counselors. Do you, do you listen to many different people and ask their opinion? Maybe you've got decisions you're trying to make right now. Maybe there's things in your life that you're, you're listening to various counselors about. He says, your decrees are my delight and my counselors. My life is down in the dust. Give me life through your word. I believe it's the NIV that says, my soul clings to the dust. Give me life according to your word. I, I love that image. I don't even know what it means. My soul clings to the dust or my life is down in the dust. I mean, it's just this, it's saying this posture of humility that I'm, I'm down here begging you to give me life according to what you say. God, give me life according to what you say. 
I told you, I love this, I told, not that I didn't love anything else we just read, but I, he says, I, I told you about my life and you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Do you see the interactive posture there that we should bring when we come to God's word? It's an interactive posture. It's not just reading a book. It really is listening and talking with God. He says, I told you about my life. And, and when we come to, to a time of prayer and reading the Bible, that's really what's happening. I'm telling God about my life and then he's answering me, teaching me with his word. That's the posture that we should bring. It's interactive. This isn't, listen, this is not a book. This is God speaking to you. This is not just reading a book. It's listening to God. Help me understand the meaning of your precepts so that I can meditate on your wonders. Ask God that. If there's things that you say, I don't understand. It's hard to understand. David is, look, this is David. And he's saying, help me understand. Help me understand the meaning of your precepts so I can meditate on your wonders. Thank you, Lord. Please keep that there. I am weary. Maybe this is some of you today. I'm sure this is some of you today. I am weary from grief. Strengthen me through your word. You feel grief? We had loss in life. You feel the pain of life. You feel things that you are grieving about. He says that God's word can strengthen us in the middle of that. Keep me from the way of deceit and graciously give me your instruction. I have chosen the way of truth. I have set your ordinances before me. I cling, there's that word again, I cling to your decrees. Lord, do not put me to shame. I pursue, listen again to the, 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 the way that he comes to things, the actions he has, meditating, thinking, clinging, pursuing. I pursue the way of your commands. For you broaden my understanding. I was thinking about this verse this morning about the broadening of our understanding and it's so easy for us to get siloed into whether it's our political party or the way that uh, you know we were raised or, and our understanding is really limited on things. But somebody that truly takes God's word into their heart, their understanding is broadened because they are seeing the world through God's eyes instead of the various silos that we have been raised with or found ourselves in. Teach me, Lord, the meaning of your statutes, and I will always keep them. Help me understand. Again, notice the humility. Teach me. Help me understand your instruction, and I will obey it and follow it with all my heart. Help me stay on the path of your commands, for I take pleasure in it. You might, listen, some of you, maybe you've been Christian for a long time, and you might have been on the path you might have been following God. You may have been listening to God. You may have been doing that. But it's easy to get off track. And he says, help me stay on the path. Turn my heart to your decrees and not to dishonest prophet. Even that prayer that we have to ask God to turn our heart to him. Because God doesn't just want our actions. He wants our whole selves. He wants our hearts and our actions. And so David knows that we need God's help, not just to do things, but to want to do things. Turn my heart, he says. Then he says in verse 37, turn my eyes from looking at what is worthless. Give me life in your ways. All of us are tempted. 
All of us are tempted to have our eyes distracted by worthless things, to have various pursuits that become the main focus of our life. That can be all sorts of things that are good things, but have become ultimate things and thus have become worthless he says, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things. And we don't think they're worthless. I mean, your, your eyes wouldn't be focused on something if you thought it was worthless. But David, in a moment of clarity, is saying, God, my eyes drift. My focus drifts. My passions, my pursuits, my life's goals and direction drifts towards things that are worthless. Turn my eyes from that. And instead, give me life in your ways. Confirm what you said to your servant, for it produces reverence for you. Turn away the disgrace I dread. Indeed, your judgments are good. How I long for your precepts. Give me life through your righteousness. Let your faithful love come to me, Lord. Your salvation as you promised. We experience that as we listen to God's voice. Let your faithful love come to me. Then I can answer the one who taunts me, for I trust in your word. Never take the word of truth from my mouth, for I hope in your judgments. It's not just that he wants to know it, he wants to even speak it. Never take it from my mouth. He's asking God, let, let your word be so inside of me that it then comes out of me to others. Don't take it from my mouth. I will always obey your instruction forever and ever. I will walk freely in an open place because I study your precepts. We long for freedom to feel free. And true freedom comes as we actually listen to God's voice in our life. We walk freely in an open place. I will speak of your decrees before kings and not be ashamed. I delight in your commands, which I love. I will lift up my hands to your commands, which I love, and will meditate on your statutes. Again, focus on, I want you to just continue to focus on the effects the posture that he brings, the actions he's saying he does, the asks, and the things that get in the way of this. Remember your word to your servant. You have given me hope through it. This is my comfort in my affliction. Your promise has given me life for you, suffering and in need of comfort. We turn so many places, turn to so many places for comfort, and he says, your voice your voice is the comfort in my affliction. Your promise has given me life. The arrogant constantly ridicule me, but I do not turn away from your instruction. Lord, I remember your judgments from long ago and find comfort. Rage seizes me because of the wicked who reject your instruction. You can mumble that out loud to someone annoying you at some point. Rage seizes me because of the wicked who reject your instruction. And then just go about your, your business. Maybe don't do that. But. Your statutes are the theme of my song during my earthly life. Lord, I remember your name in the night and I obey your instruction. This is my practice. I obey your precepts. He's saying this is the habit of my life. This isn't a moment of inspiration. This isn't, I'm excited, yeah. He says this is the practice of my life. This is just how my life goes. This is it. The Lord is my portion. I have promised to keep your words. I have sought your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I thought about my ways and turned my steps back 
to your decrees. Sometimes as we read God's word, our ways, the way that we are living, actually a mirror is held up, even as James says in the New Testament, a mirror is held up to our life and we go, oh, and we think about our ways and we turn back. It's easy for us to begin going through our life and forget even how we're living and God's word often acts as a mirror to help us think about our ways and to turn back. I hurried, not hesitating, to keep your commands. Listen, it's always the right time to obey. Sometimes we hear something in God's word. Maybe it's about forgiveness. Maybe it's about uh, generosity. Maybe it's about serving others. Maybe it's about praying. Maybe it's about uh, confession of sin. It can be about all sorts of things. And sometimes we hear God's word and say, that is good. I need to kind of I need to do that. I need to prepare myself for that. And when this changes, I'll do that. And when this happens, I'll do that. And David says, I hurried, not hesitating to keep your commands. It's always the right time to obey. It's always the right time to listen to God's word and let that shape your life. Though the ropes of the wicked were wrapped around me, I did not forget your instruction. I rise at midnight to thank you for your righteous judgments. I'm a friend to all who fear you, to those who keep your precepts. Lord, the earth is filled with your faithful love. Teach me your statutes. Lord, you have treated your servant well, just as you promised. Teach me good judgment and discernment, for I rely on your commands. Do you want just wisdom for life? As I said, we'll get into Proverbs. But he says, your word has taught me good judgment and discernment. There's all sorts of things you're probably trying to make decisions about. Maybe those are career choices. Maybe there's family choices, relationship choices, all sorts of things. And we want good judgment and to make good decisions and to have discernment. And he says, I can do that because I'm listening to your words and they have been built up in my heart. So I'm able to have discernment and judgment. Before I was afflicted, I went astray. But now I keep your word. Sometimes it's the suffering that God allows into our life, the affliction he allows into our life that actually helps us to keep his word. You are good. I love this little statement. You are good. You are good. And you do what is good. Teach me your statutes. That's the reason that he wants God's voice to get so inside of him because he says, you are good and you do what is good. So if that's true, if you are perfect and you do what is perfect, I want your voice inside of me. I don't listen to your voice and say, eh, I don't know, and maybe times have changed, and um, you know, maybe that's good for some people. I say, you are good. You do what's good. I want your voice to shape my life. The arrogant have smeared me with lies, but I obey your precepts with all my heart. Their hearts are hard and insensitive, but I delight in your instruction. There's so many times he's been talking about this opposition that he faces, enemies of his, relational strife that's been created, and his hope that he continually goes back to his, but I have you. People might be slandering me. People might be gossiping about me. People might be lying about me. People might be against me, but I have you. Your word speaking to me, even if all other words are speaking against me. I have you. Man, we need that. If you've ever been in a situation where voices ungodly, unrightly 
are speaking against you. You need a louder voice speaking to you. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I could learn your statutes. Some of you have had that experience where it was the suffering in your life that taught you God's word even more clearly. Verse 72, instruction from your lips is better for me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Think about that. Can, can, don't raise your hand or anything. If you're at home by yourself, you can. But can, can you honestly say that? If I said to you, I'm going to give you two choices. Thousands of gold and silver pieces. There was recently a buried treasure that's been in Colorado that this millionaire hid. And it, for years, Forrest Finn, I think his name was, uh, he hid this buried treasure and someone just recently found it. it. Just out in the mountains somewhere, he hid it. Just, you know, if you're a millionaire, that's what you do is just like, I'm going to hide millions of gold and silver pieces. And I said, hey, I, I actually found it. I found Finn's treasure. Here it is. And you can have that or you can have this. Which of us could honestly say that from our hearts, instruction from your lips is better for me than thousands of gold and silver pieces? Don't you want that to be true in your heart? Even if it's not, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty, but if, if that's, there's something that David has experienced of God's voice in his life that he says, I want that. Jesus says something similar when he says that it's either God or money. And he is saying, it's better. I want your voice even more than wealth. Your hands made me and formed me. Give me understanding so that I can learn your commands. Those who fear you will see me and rejoice, for I put my hope in your word. He said something similar earlier, but really, friendship is created as we are united around God's word. Friendship is created as we have God's voice in common, even more than other things. I know, Lord, that your judgments are just and that you have afflicted me fairly. May your faithful love comfort me as you promised your servant. He's continually going back to things that God has promised him and saying, would you bring your love into my life? Would you bring your comfort into my life? Would you bring your salvation into my life as you have promised? See, we need to be able to cling to God's promises when so many other things are uncertain and shaky in our life. And listen, some of you need to hear this. I have talked to people that are struggling and say, well, I just need to believe God's promises. And I might ask, what are the promises? Well, God, I know that, you know, God's going to give me a spouse not necessarily. There's no promise in here that says God's going to let you get married. Well, I need to cling to God's promises that what? That I'm going to get a job. Maybe. Maybe not. But there are beautiful promises in here that are more certain and more sure. Promises that God will comfort you. Promises that God will be faithful to you. Promises that God will bring his love to you. Promises that God will bring his salvation to you. And we can cling to those promises. That is what David continually asks. May your compassion come to me so that I may live. For your instruction is my delight. This is the vehicle through which we experience so much of who God is. May your compassion come to me. May your comfort come to me. Let the arrogant be put to shame for slandering me 
with lies. I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you, those who know your decrees, turn to me. May my heart be blameless regarding your statutes so that I will not be put to shame. I long for your salvation. I put my hope in your word. My eyes grow weary looking for what you have promised. I ask, when will you comfort me? I love that honesty. We can bring our honest pain to God. We can say to God, when will you comfort me? My eyes are growing weary. Though I have become like a wineskin dried by smoke, I do not forget your statutes. How many days must your servant wait? When will you execute judgment on my persecutors? The arrogant have dug pits for me. They violate your instruction. All your commands are true. People persecute me with lies. Help me. They almost ended my life on earth, but I did not abandon your precepts. Give me life in accordance with your faithful love, and I will obey the decrees you have spoken. Lord, your word is forever. It is firmly fixed in heaven. What God speaks to us doesn't change, which is why we can rest on it forever. Your faithfulness is for all generations. Who God has been is who he will continue to be. And it stands firm. Your judgments stand firm today for all things are your servants. If your instruction had not been my delight, I would have died in my affliction. Sometimes God's voice is all we have. I will never forget your precepts for you have given me life through them. I am yours. Save me for I have studied your precepts. The wicked hope to destroy me, but I contemplate your decrees. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your command is without limit. He says, I've seen a limit to all perfection. There's things in life that we enjoy and, and maybe you have the best of some things. Maybe you have the newest phone or maybe you had a great vacation or you bought a great mountain bike or you, you did a hike and saw a great view. And he says, there's a lot of perfect things in this world. You might have had a perfect friendship and a, a per- whatever it is. He says, there's a lot of perfection in this world, but I've seen a limit to all perfection, but not yours. Your decrees are my meditation. Your command is without limit. I, how I love your instruction. It is my meditation all day long. That means he's continually thinking about how to let God's voice shape every area of his life. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are always with me. I have more insight than all my teachers, because your decrees are my meditation. I understand more than the elders, because I obey your precepts. Do you want wisdom above and beyond what should be for you? Wisdom above and beyond all your teachers, above those that are even older. Wisdom beyond your years, as they say. He says, I have that. Not because I'm so amazing, but because I've listened to your voice. I have kept my feet from every evil path to follow your word. I have not turned from your judgments, for you yourself have instructed me. That's a great verse again to remind us that this is not just reading a book, but it is listening to God's voice. You yourself have instructed me. You are speaking to me. How sweet your word is to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. That's a great one. Maybe, maybe the riches analogy doesn't work for you, but what's the best tasting thing you've had? Probably not honey. This was a long time ago. They didn't have you know, 
a lot of other delicious things. But if whatever the best tasting thing to you is, could you say, man, your words in my mouth taste better than all the donuts in the world. Your words in my mouth taste better than the the rarest, most delicious steak in the world. Your words in my mouth taste better than all of the smothered french fries in the world. Whatever it is that you love. He says, man, again, is that your experience of God's word? He says, God's inviting us to have it be. He says, the more that our eyes are open, it can be. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Are you trying to know what God's will is? Trying to know which way do I go? A light for your feet, a lamp to your path? He says, your word shows me. This is, this is the light that shows me where to go, how to live. I don't need to find out and, and beg you to show me your will. You've shown it to me here. And I can follow you and obey you. I have solemnly sworn to keep your righteous judgments. I am severely afflicted. Lord, give me life according to your word. Lord, please accept my free will offerings of praise and teach me your judgments. My life is constantly in danger, yet I do not forget your instruction. Even with the temptations of danger and trouble and suffering and problems and relational strife, he says, I keep coming back to your voice. The wicked have set a trap for me, but I have not wandered from your precepts. I have your decrees as a heritage forever. Indeed, they are the joy of my heart. I am resolved to obey your statutes to the very end. I hate those who are double-minded, but I love your instruction. You are my shelter and my shield. I put my hope in your word. God's character keeps him coming back to God. You are a shield. You are my shelter. And so, I want to listen to what you say. Depart from me, you evil ones, so that I may obey God's commands. Sustain me as you promised, and I will live. Do not let me be ashamed of my hope. Sustain me so that I can be safe and always be concerned about your statutes. You reject all who stray from your statutes, for their deceit is a lie. You remove all the wicked on earth as if they were dross from metal. Therefore, I love your decrees. I tremble in awe of you. I fear your judgments. He is saying he knows that God is just and God is righteous and will bring judgment to all the brokenness and all the hurt and pain and evil in this world. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. Guarantee your servants well-being. Do not let the arrogant oppress me. My eyes grow weary looking for your salvation and for your righteous promise. Deal with your servant based on your faithful love. Teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding so that I may know your decrees. It's time. It is time for the Lord to act for they have violated your instructions. Again, he's, he's, as he reads God's word, as he listens to God's voice, he says, it's time for you to act because he's seeing who God is and says, yes, so God be just and bring justice. It's time for you to act. As we, as we read God's word, our heart aligns with God's heart. Our actions begin to align with God's actions. Since I love your commands more than gold, even the purest gold, I love that qualifier, 
even the purest gold, not just that, you know, cheap stuff. I carefully follow all your precepts and hate every false way. Verse 129, your decrees are wondrous. Therefore, I obey them. It's not, in our obedience, we're not giving God something. He is saying, God, what you say is good and beautiful. That's why I want to follow you. That's why I want to obey you. The revelation of your word brings light and gives understanding to the inexperienced. You feel inexperienced in whatever it is. Some of you have new children. Some of you have gotten married freshly. Some of you are inexperienced in your job and in various positions. And he says that God's word gives understanding to the inexperienced. I open my mouth. I love this. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commands. That's an easy one for us to envision right now. Do you feel like panting? Do you feel dehydrated? <laughs> Have you ever been at community group and someone kind of looked dehydrated and they were, <sighs> what are you, what's going on? It's like, I'm just waiting for us to open the Bible. He says, I, I pant. I, I, I feel so dry without you, God. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your practice towards those who love your name. Make my steps steady through your promise. Don't let any sin dominate me. Redeem me from human oppression and I will keep your precepts. Make your face shine on your servant and teach me your statutes. My eyes pour out streams of tears because people do not follow your instruction. Are you grieved? This is true love for your friends. True love for your friends is if you look and say, I want you to know God's voice in your life. You are righteous, Lord, and your judgments are just. The decrees you issue are righteous and all together, all of it, trustworthy. My anger overwhelms me because my foes forget your words. Your word is completely pure and your servant loves it. I am insignificant and despised, but I do not forget your precepts. Ever feel insignificant? Ever feel despised on the outs, not in the in? He says, that's, that's how I feel, but, but I've got you. Your righteousness is an everlasting righteousness and your instruction is true. Trouble and distress have overtaken me, but your commands are my delight. Maybe some of you feel like that. Trouble and distress have overtaken you. Maybe it's been one thing after another. And he says, but I've got your word. I've got your voice speaking to me. Your decrees are righteous forever. Give me understanding and I will live. I call with all my heart. Answer me, Lord. I will obey your statutes. I call to you. Save me and I will keep your decrees. I rise before dawn and cry out for help. I put my hope in your word. I am awake through each watch of the night to meditate on your promise. In keeping with your faithful love, hear my voice. That's a great verse because it says that we're, our plea to God to hear us isn't because of how great we are. He says, in keeping with your faithful love, because of how loving you are, will you listen to me? Lord, give me life in keeping with your justice. Those who pursue evil plans come near. They are far from your instruction. You are near, Lord, and all your commands are true. 
Long ago I learned from your decrees that you have established them forever. Consider my affliction and rescue me, for I have not forgotten your instruction. Champion my cause and redeem me. Give me life as you promised. Salvation is far from the wicked because they do not study your statutes. Your compassions are many, Lord. Give me life according to your judgments. My persecutors and foes are many. I've not turned from your decrees. I love, he says, my foes are many and your compassions are many. Which means, there. I mean, it's a kind of an interesting language to say your compassions are many, but it's to say for every situation that you face, God has a compassion for that. For every, if you, if you think about it from a, a home improvement standpoint or something, for, for, every, for every nail, for every screw, for every weird looking Ikea hole that there is, there's a tool for that. And he is saying, for every situation that I face, you have a compassion for that. God doesn't just have a compassion for the person next to you. God has a compassion for you. He's got a compassion for Monday and a compassion for Tuesday and a compassion for 2020. And he's got a compassion for single people and for married people and for parents and for men and women. He's got, his compassions are many. I have seen the disloyal and feel disgust because they do not keep your word. Consider how I love your precepts. Lord, give me life according to your faithful love. The entirety of your word is truth. Each of your righteous judgments endures forever. Princes have persecuted me without cause, but my heart fears only your word. I rejoice over your promise like one who finds vast treasure. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your instruction. I praise you seven times a day for your righteous judgments. Abundant peace. Don't you want that? Abundant peace belongs to those who love your instruction. Nothing makes them stumble. Lord, I hope for your salvation and carry out your commands. I obey your decrees and love them greatly. I obey your precepts and decrees for all my ways are before you. Let my cry reach you, Lord. Give me understanding according to your word. This is his appeal. Let my plea reach you. Rescue me according to your promise. My lips pour out praise for you teach me your statutes. My tongue sings about your promise. We'll do that in a minute. For all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord, and your instruction is my delight. Let me live and I will praise you. May your judgments help me. In his final verse, he says this, I wander like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commands. I love the ending. The ending, the posture in the very ending is humility. He's not saying he's perfect. He's not saying he's so great because he meditates on God's word. He says, through this life, I wander like a lost sheep. Seek me. And you know what the amazing and beautiful good news is that David couldn't have even fathomed? Is that Jesus, the good shepherd, did exactly what he prayed. He says, I wander like a lost sheep seek your servant. God himself in Jesus Christ came to this earth and came to seek and to save the lost. 
He says he is the good shepherd that comes to us, the wandering sheep. And you know what Jesus is called? The word of God. That Jesus, God's word became flesh. He's praying and meditating on God's word and, and it leads him to a final concluding prayer to say, if this is your word, seek me. Jesus says, I am the word of God and the word became flesh to come and to seek and to save us as lost sheep. And if we put our hope in him, our trust in him, our faith in him, initially becoming a Christian and ongoingly, we experience this good God. So in conclusion, this is what I want for all of us to experience this beauty against all the various forming voices and influences in our life, against all the trouble and pain and relational strife in our life, against, against a false version of life, against worthless things. I want us to let God's voice get inside of us and experience all the beauty and delight of that because this is how we relate with him. And God, listen, God wants to relate to you. He wants to do all this in you, for you, through you. So here's kind of the final applications. My encouragement to all of us is maybe this can, maybe this can motivate you. Maybe, maybe God, maybe meditation on God's word. Word meditation becomes worship motivation. And so I would encourage you to, maybe it's been a long time, grab the Bible, read the Bible, meditate on it. If you need resources around that, happy to help you figure some of that out. On our Next Steps page, I know we have some resources on there, from some ways to read the Bible in a meditative way to, to let this be your experience. But I would encourage you to read and listen to God. Second is to confess. If you feel like, man, this is not anywhere near my experience with God's word. Confess and ask for this heart. Confess and say, God, Maybe I've been blind. Help me to have this heart. Open my eyes. And I would encourage you, if you're not in an LTG, we have, small, we have community groups, and then we have smaller groups in our community groups, life transformation groups, which are really built around letting God's voice get deeper and deeper inside of you. I would encourage you to get in one of those or take a step and get into a community group. We're, we're going to take communion in a minute. And when we take communion, what we are remembering is what we just talked about. That God's word became flesh, came to this earth, that Jesus went to the cross, that God's word, that the shepherd seeking us as lost sheep went to the cross, died for our sins, his body was broken, his blood was shed so we could experience the word of God, not just in a book, but in a relationship. So we're, I'm gonna, we're gonna give you a couple minutes and and just as, as uh, the music's playing, you can, you can pray, you can take communion. The communion's over there if you, if you didn't get it on the way in. And you can, you can just ask God to let this be your experience. Just spend some time in prayer. Whatever that prayer needs to be, thanksgiving, confession. And then take communion, remembering and thanking God that he sought us as lost sheep. And you can also use this time to take a next step. Go on your phone, go to our website, slash next steps. And you can take a next step. Maybe that's to give. Maybe that's to serve. Maybe that's to get into a community group. Maybe it's just to 
begin to get some resources to help you read the Bible, but you can take some next steps and use this time as a, as a responsive act of obedience as well. And then we'll sing two songs in response. So pray with me and then pray and take communion. Father, I thank you for your word that you've given to us, both in the Bible, but also, of course, in Jesus Christ. We thank you that you want to relate to us and have relationship with us. And I just pray, even in our song time and communion and prayer that you would allow our hearts to hear again from you and respond to you. You know where each person needs to respond, and I pray that you would lead us towards that. In your name, Jesus. Amen.